from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Smith corks one in the right down the line. It may go! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game by the score of 3-2 on a home run by the Wizard! Go crazy! Swinging a long one in the left field! Adios! Goodbye! And maybe that's the winner! A three-run homer by Clark! And the Cardinals lead by the score of 7-5, to five, and they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to That's a Winter Podcast. I am Ryan Jenkins. With me, as always, is Josh Brown. All right, Josh, uh, welcome to the show. I got a little echo. I don't think, is it just me? You sound good over there in your ears? Yeah. Okay. Sounds great to me. All right. Let me just turn my stuff up a little bit. All right. So um, some things happened in the last week. The Cardinals. Finally. Yeah. The Cardinals uh, signed uh, Wilson Contreras. So how about that? So I know before the last uh, episode we talked about, we were we were on board with Wilson Contreras. I have been on board with Wilson Contreras bef- before, I guess, the offseason or, you know, as we got into the offseason and talked about what the possibilities are and who... Uh, could possibly be the Cardinals' next catcher. I was always on board and said that made the most sense. It would only cost a, a you know a qualifying offer pick because of it, and it was just money. Do you think the Cardinals overpaid, underpaid, or was it just right for Wilson Contreras? I mean, I think based off the, off the market, what you're seeing, all the deals that happen in winter meetings. I mean, what I think I read, Ken Rosenthal said over over two billions already been spent in free agency. Right, we're dropping the bucket compared to that, eighty-seven and a half million. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not much compared to you know, no. what other teams are spending. That's for sure. No, I thought I, I, I think we got a discount, honestly, on Contreras. I think, I think if he wanted to push harder, he could have gotten the Astros to get up to twenty, maybe even twenty-one million a year. I thought he was easily going to get a hundred million a year if it was a five-year deal. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a four-year deal at twenty million. I think I told you that via text. I think I, yeah. I predicted it'd be four years, eighty million dollars. And that's a 20 mil, obviously, with a fifth-year option. I was a little surprised they went to the fifth year just straight out of the gate and then added the sixth-year option. But they got him for a little less than I kind of expected. So over those five years, that's $15 million less, um, you know, in, than if it was $20 million, right? So, yeah. you know, it, it kind of evened out to where I thought it would be. I'm, I'm all on board with it. I think there's a lot of things that go back and forth about people talking about Wilson Contreras versus Sean Murphy, which we'll get into as well in that trade. But his he is a good enough defender. And uh, I, we got one message on Twitter today bef- just before we went on here about how it was a, the ultimate overpay for the Cubs um, DH. And he said, oops, I mean catcher. I think that he's going to catch a lot more than, oh, yeah. than what he did with the Cubs. I think that was more for or what the Cubs wanted to see wh- who they had at catcher and all their other options going forward. Um, but I, I'm on I'm on board with Wilson Contreras, I, and I loved everything he had to say in the presser. I loved everything he had to say uh, with the um, Players' Tribune, that article, that video that came out with that. Fantastic. I'm on board with everything that, that he had to say. I mean, and he said all the right things, which you expect him to. You know, you didn't expect him to come out and say St. Louis is boring or anything, right? I mean, you just expected him to say the right stuff, and, and he definitely did. Yeah, thankfully he didn't say any of that in his time with the Cubs. <laughs> that would have been awkward, huh? Yeah. 
I mean, he did he did say that he was already better was going to be than than Yachty and uh, uh, Buster Posey. That was that was like maybe 2017 or 2018 when Yachty had to reach out to him and right. put him in his place a little bit. But and, the, and they mentioned that in the press conference. Yeah, uh, he was talked to. Someone asked him about that. He he just said it was just a misunderstanding. Yeah, and then he's Yachty is his idol. And I, I think it couldn't have really lined up any better for the Cardinals um, because of exactly what happened. Now, if you want to talk about Sean Murphy and that part of it, we definitely can. Uh, let's just talk about the Cardinals and Sean Murphy part first. Do you? I don't believe the info that came out today. Now, um, you you might. You're talking about from Ken Rosenthal, yes, right? Yes. In, inside that deal, yeah. I had that article pulled up because I knew we were going to talk about it. Um, well, let's just start off with this, okay? I I have we rarely see three team trades, especially in baseball. I feel right. like it does not happen often. I can't even tell you the last time that it happened, and it, it and it was a big a bigger trade. You know, at least sure. bigger names like this. Sometimes you see that when teams are doing salary dumps and want to mix in some prospects or trade contracts or whatever. You see it a lot in the NBA. I have never seen a three team trade like this where the the team trading for like the main piece, the Braves, like. I don't even know that they won the trade. The A's definitely didn't win the trade. Right. So I've never seen one team that wasn't like expected like to get the big guy. Right. Fleece the other two teams and get and get the and get the the better trade out of it. Like the Brewers won this this trade to me easily with what they had to give up. They got two pitchers kicked back to them that are major league ready or quality pitchers, and they gave up like one guy. Yeah. To get William Contreras, who. I mean, jury's out on, on how he might be as a catcher. He DH'd a lot for the Braves last year. He's definitely a hitter. He's definitely yeah, a DH. Yeah, he's offense like, first, but he's a very good hitter. And they I mean, had three catchers on the roster. They still, yes. they still the Braves still go to... I don't know what the Braves are doing. Yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of, I got a lot of friends that are Braves fans, and it seems like the pulse of Braves Twitter is like, was this a, really a move that we needed? Because yeah. you had Travis Darnot, and you had, you had William Contreras. Between those two whether DH or catching, both really good offensively. I mean, right. both of them, especially Darno against his splits against lefties. William Contreras was just great all around the board hitting last year. Now, I don't know their defensive metrics, but I guess if they, I mean, I guess if they're projecting long-term, they don't think William Contreras is going to stick at catcher. He's going to be a catcher or be able to defend well at catcher. Then this deal makes sense for them. But it's kind of like with us, like signing Contreras. Is it a good signing? Yes. We went and got the top free agent at a position, which rarely happens for right. us, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah, the last so time that happened was, regrettably, Dexter Fowler was arguably the best available, you know, right fielder available at, on the market at the time. Yes, which and that was a reach because of, of just... Of, of Needs. Of needs of, you know, Oscar Rivera's passing, yeah. of, you know, Jason Hayward leaving. So right. many things kind of led up to that where they kind of forced their hand but um, but even with Contreras, it's like that's a great signing. We I think it needed to happen, right? You you fill the void of Yachty and your successor at catcher at least for the next three to five years, and you get a guy who can also DH and he's got a he's got a good bat. He's a good hitter. You can't look at his stats and not say that. But do you think at this point where we're at right now that the Cardinals have gotten better than where they were at last season? No. Yeah, I think it's a push at this point. Yes. I mean, you hope it's a push. You hope that Wilson Contreras brings the same thing that Albert brought in the second half, right? Yeah. That's the goal, right? And at the, if you look at the final numbers, I mean, you could actually argue that the Cardinals got a lit, like a right. little bit worse 
offensively. Just based off of total numbers last year, OPS plus, Albert had 24 home runs. I think Contreras had like 21 or 22. Sure. Like, Albert actually had better stats around the board and better, like, the traditional stat- counting stats, even, you know, home runs and RBI. Now, Contreras was hurt. He had some ankle issues and things. So, you know, it but kind of— he's also going to play a catcher, and that's yeah. going to be the obviously a huge upgrade at that position. Yes. In, in the hitting side of it, right? And, but the point and being, think- like, you can't be done. Right. Well, yeah, sure, but I also think it's a it's a huge upgrade even defensively. I mean, Kisner was a, like top. I think he was like twenty fifth ish in pop time, and, and so like no matter what, even if you didn't get the guy you may have wanted, the Cardinals still improved catcher position overall. Oh yeah, and 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 they needed to do that. So that goes back to what I was saying with the Braves. I think there's a little bit of that with Braves fans. At least the polls that I've seen is like okay. But did we get better though? Right. Because if you look at William Contreras' off, um, his offensive season compared to Sean Murphy, he had quite a bit better offensive season than Sean Murphy. So you could argue like it, it didn't, you know, didn't do anything for them offensively. Really, if anything, it might be a push. Now they've gotten the guy that's generally looked around as MLB right now as the all-around best catcher option. Right. Right. And so if that's what the Braves wanted, you know, they they got that guy. Uh, I will say, you know, who they gave up to get him based off what we were seeing, based off what Ken was reporting. Uh, the A's just, I, I don't know what they were thinking with this trade. Yeah. I they, mean, they got a lot of their top, the Braves' top prospects within their top 10 to 12, but none of them, we've talked about this off, off the podcast, we'll talk about it now, none of the, the prospects they got from the Braves were in the top MLB top 100. Right, so they got the one number one overall prospect in the Braves organization which is Kyle Mueller, I do believe. Um, he's number one. But he is equivalent to our seventh top um, like prospect. Like Graceffo. Or- well, technically, Avon Herrera is where he ranks right. in that area. Um, so it's like giving up Avon Herrera and then two other dudes you've never heard of in the Cardinals' farm system. Like, that's what the A's got. And so people say, well, they got they sold the farm. Well, they sold the Braves' farm. They didn't – not all – this is – like a really good point, I think um, I can't remember who made it, but not all farm systems are created equal. Yeah. The Cardinals farm versus the Braves farm is not even close right now. Maybe in years past, or maybe even two years ago, it'd be different. But the Cardinals have six top 100 MLB prospects right now. The Braves have zero, yep. and they just traded one six and eighteen of their prospects out the door to Oakland. Now. Just because they're one six and eighteen doesn't mean they're they're MLB players or MLB ready players or MLB ever gonna be players. We're talking about putting in guys that may never see the MLB action. Now the Kyle Mueller guy is supposed to at some point, but he's like one oh five ish in the top one hundred in the top prospects in the MLB. So he's not actually that great of a prospect when you're looking at it that way. And I understand they got rid of a lot as uh, the Braves did, but. Still, it's not that much when you're looking at it comparatively what was supposedly coming from the Cardinals, what the A's want. So let's go back to that. The original reports out there were that the Cardinals had offered uh, Donovan, Lars Newtbar, and Gordon Graceffo. Gordon Graceffo. So it was originally reported post-dispatch. That's what the A's wanted. Yes. We didn't offer that. Sure. That's okay. what they asked for. Okay. And then then there was another a subsequent um headline or sources that the Cardinals were not willing to give up any outfielders. 
Yes. Any, none. Lars is off the table. They love Lars. They love, and they're not real confident in their outfield group. So they're going to keep Lars Newbar, who was arguably the best hitter in the outfield last year, especially second half. Those right. last those last two months for so sure. They're going to keep him. They want to keep uh, Burleson. They want to keep Yepes. They want to keep obviously O'Neill, and they want to keep Carlson because they said. We're not too confident in our outfield, so we're just going to throw everything out of it. That was the reports. Then today, Ken Rosenthal. Ken Rosenthal report comes out and says that the Cardinals offered they could take two or, or three. You have it in front of you. Yeah. Currently? Let me read this yeah, here. So this is from Ken's column today. He talks about everything we just said. You know, the Newt Bar, Donovan, Graceffo, them wanting that. Cardinals turned that down. He says, however, another source briefed on the talks said the A's wanted Newt Barr or Donovan plus Graceffo, so that was what the Cardinals turned down, and that the Cardinals were unwilling to trade any of those players and instead wanted the A's to choose two from a group of four consisting of outfielder Dylan Carlson, right. second baseman Nolan Gorman, outfielder Alec Burleson, and first baseman Juan Yepes. I do so, not believe it no. at one bit because this is what I see. The Cardinals are You're mad. telling me that the A's turned down – Dylan Carlson and Nolan Gorman, right? And maybe a maybe and probably you know maybe a throw in another low pitching prospect for Sean Murphy. If they did that, I don't believe it. I that's don't. like the dumbest move ever. After the sources came out and said the Cardinals were not willing to give up any outfielders, and then you put in two outfielders, doesn't make any sense. But here's no. my, here's my thinking: the what happened was the Cardinals and everyone, the fans, everyone out there saw what the A's end up getting for Sean Murphy, which was not anything to speak of really no. not nothing big so what happened was that they got quantity over quality for sure right so then the cardinals and the fans they all see that now they need to save face so the the organization that is usually very tight-lipped and nothing ever gets out right that's what everyone talks about there's no sources inside the cardinals now all of a sudden this gets out there no i don't believe that i think it got out there on purpose to make us everyone go oh that's why the cardinals didn't do it yeah. Oh, like this is what they were. They or were, they or tried. for the A's to make you think, well, th- this is, you know, we, we turn those players down because we don't really think that right. they're that, like, these are the guys that we wanted. Right. Like, okay. Right. And so the it was put out there for the Cardinals to say, we tried. See how hard we tried? We tried to give up these guys. Yeah. I do not believe it in the no. slightest that these were the guys that they gave, were given up because the sources just previously said that they would not give up any outfielders. So who would leak that part? The A's would leak that part out, yeah. saying that the Cardinals won't give up any outfielders because supposedly the Cardinals have no leaks. Then all of a sudden this gets leaked out today. I'm not buying it. Well, listen, one thing I've picked up on this. Okay, well, so two things I, I want to go into real quick. I seem to have a lot of back and forth with people on Twitter. Oh, Cardinals yes. Twitter. Oh, can I say something real quick? Yeah. Whenever you see us post on Twitter, the, at that's a winner pod, it is sometimes me. It's usually Ryan. And it is sometimes Josh. But I'll now, also reply to. Now, we piggyback on. Now, if you see a bad take, it's usually Josh. <laughs> now, if you see. <laughs> Ryan's if, prefacing that now to no, hide no, behind the guys of any of his future bad takes. I was going to say. And just if it, tie it to me. And if it's one of my bad takes, it's still probably Josh's take. <laughs> if it's a good take, it's probably mine. No, but we both tweet from it, so it can be confusing. And I would like to add that to the to the bio, in, but there's not enough characters left in the bio to yeah. say tweets are by. Maybe just do our initials. We could, but you know, but what you know, don't like, have to. but so a lot of so you have been getting a lot of heat. Our yes. Twitter handle has getting heat from people because you bring up that Carlson was not going to go anywhere because he was not a part of. They would not give up him for the Soto trade. Yes, and this so makes a, it makes a lot of people mad because they can't get around 
they they can't wrap their heads around every time I point out this fact. Okay, but they didn't want to include Dylan Carlson and Nolan Gorman. Right. We know that because it was reported, and we know that it was reported that Mo told them them two specifically, not Newt Bar, not Donovan, not any other prospect. Was it reported that he said that to? He told it to Nolan Gorman and to Dylan Carlson. Hey, you're not going anywhere. Right. That's what he said. So based on that alone, we know he did not want to trade those two. Is that me saying that, oh, man, the Nationals, all they wanted was Dylan Carlson for Juan Soto. I can't believe the Cardinals didn't do this. All they wanted was Dylan Carlson and Nolan Gorman for Juan Soto. I can't believe the Cardinals didn't do this. No, I'm not an idiot. Of course, that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. I know that there were other pieces involved. but You're not be- going to go and tell these guys you're not going anywhere. Yes. And then turn around and trade them Yes, uh, and that's, you know, and that's four my months problem. later, right? That's my problem with this because... Jordan Walker is one thing. Jordan Walker and all those is one thing. I'm still willing to bet, based off how Mo spoke to Gorman and Carlson, that even if Walker was out of it, even if Wynn was out of it, and they were still asking for Carlson and Gorman together, he would have turned it down. Right. That's, that's what it seems like to me based off of what he told those two guys. So let's take that logically and say, now why five months later when – We've talked about this with Tyler O'Neill. Everybody wants to point out, well, why would you try to trade Tyler O'Neill right now? His trade value is at its lowest point. Uh, well, Dylan Carlson's trade value yeah. is at its lowest, lowest point, point right now, too. He's got now, he, the, the difference is he's got control, yeah. and you might think he still has a higher ceiling, which he should. He's only still only played like two full seasons, two right. and a half full seasons. So, that being said, why five months later after Mo telling him you're, you're going nowhere, would he trade him for a catcher? That's had one really good season. Sean Murphy, at the end of the day, whether you believe he's blossoming or not into the next generation of really good catchers, he's had one really good season. He's had a, a really good defensive season in 2021 when he won the gold glove, and then he had a really good all-around season this year where he did it with the bat and he did it with the glove. So like two, a gold glove season 2021 and a really good season 2022. Why would Mo turn around and trade, trade Dylan Carlson five months later for three years of control of that guy, but not two and a half years control of arguably one of the greatest hitters of our generation. It makes no sense. Same thing with Nolan Gorman. And I've said this, and I'll stand by it. I don't think that Dylan Carlson, and I don't think that Nolan Gorman are going anywhere anytime soon. It is not going to happen. I think after you, as Mosaic, you after saying that to them, cannot go and then trade them for a lesser player. Right, it doesn't happen. One thing we know to be true of the Cardinals, and Derek Gould pointed this out on that's a winner, or that's a winner. Um, that's us. That's us on his best podcast in baseball that he does with Ben Fred. That's a great one too. They got a different perspective, but he pointed this out, and it's a good point. If there's one thing that we know about the Cardinals in this front office, Mosellics admitted it. They overvalue their prospects. They probably value them too high. He's he's admitted that candidly. Yes. We also know that because of that they are more apt to give these guys way too many chances than they are to, especially after Rosarena and after Adolis Garcia, especially after that the last couple of years, they are way more apt now to give these guys every chance that they can to succeed, even when, even when it doesn't look great. Case in point. <laughs> Paul DeYoung. Uh, Paul DeYoung. Uh, Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter, um, yes. I mean, I'm just trying to think of others. I, I mean, mean, Dakota Hudson's had really awful stretches. Like, we, we've seen it. Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill. We're on the third or fourth year of, I'm telling you, Tyler O'Neill is a 40 home run guy. Okay, well, the last five years we've seen close to that once. Right. 
The rest of it's been injuries and underperformance. And they're still giving th- those chances. So you're telling me, while they're still giving Paul DeYoung chances, like legitimate runs at getting at-bats, while they're still giving legitimate at-bats and runs for Tyler O'Neill and saying he's our left fielder, that in the midst of that, they're going to trade Dylan Carlson, who was a top prospect several years ago, and or Nolan Gorman, who was just your top prospect a year ago before he graduated. It makes no sense. No. It's not going to happen. You have to ride those trains out for them, and they are going to ride them out. Now, I don't always agree with you, and I tend to agree with this point because there's I just don't see them trading any of those guys, and it's because they Mo would not go out there. Like, did he tell Jordan Walker the same thing? Probably so. Right? Did he tell me? He didn't tell. He didn't tell Juan Yepes. He didn't tell Alec Burleson. He didn't tell Law. I mean, not, not that we know that it was reported. Right. But he didn't tell any of those guys. Right. You're absolutely right. So, he he told them. I I don't know why you would stick your neck out. And I believe this since this goes back to uh, the Blogger Day, Podcaster Day at the stadium. That Mo has been more candid than I've ever seen him be in all of his tenure with the St. Louis Cardinals. He has been more candid, and I think he's doing that with the players as well. He's being upfront, saying. If I'm, I'm, you're, you're our guy. We're not moving on from you. They're not going to flip it in five months from now and, ch- no. and change it. Um, we're getting a bunch of stuff uh, rolling in here. Um, someone asks, is this is uh, BC on Facebook says with Newt working out with Arenado this offseason, did the front office do an about face on putting Newt in any trades? You know, that's a good point. But also, yes. what happens if if O'Neill doesn't hit again and Carlson struggles again? Newt is your only guy that really, you know was able to figure it out for a time. Then obviously Jordan Walker is going to be up and playing in the big leagues if he, those two guys have struggle again. Yeah. But I understand his point as well. If Newt is really close with Arnado, Arnado says, I'm opting in, but you got to keep my boy Newt, and then I guess yeah. they're going to keep his boy Newt. I don't know. It, it's an interesting question. I, I just, I'm not sure, right? Yeah, and and so Newt, uh, Newt, Newt Bar and Nolan, I believe we're working out in the last off season as well is kind of when that started. And they're both from California. Yes. So they're, you know, they're, they've been working out together. Um, now that is one thing from all this. I do. I really do think has been accurately reported and is interesting is the league's perception of Newt Bar, mm-hmm. because now we have it reported that the A's asked yeah. for him in a deal yeah. and the blue Jays yeah. also asked for him in any potential catcher deal. Let's talk so, about that briefly too. A uh, question came in uh, from Chris. What about Helsley for Jansen Oliver? Sources conflict so much on everything. Now, this is mind-boggling. I, I, when I saw this, I was like, what are we talking about? Like, we attempted, we, the St. Louis Cardinals attempted Ryan Helsley for Jansen in the I, Blue Jays? I, I don't think I would have hated it. You've, you've talked about this before, too. Like, if you can acquire and get sure. the everyday at bat, yeah. the everyday hitter, yeah. get that. And at the end of the day, like, look, like Ryan Helsley had an amazing year. Yeah, was it his ceiling? Year before that was awful. Yeah. Now he had a lot of injuries with his legs. It, it prohibited yeah. him from pushing off the mound and generating power. That's why we saw so much velocity go up this year. I, yeah. do, I do think he can sustain that. But for every, this is our closer for the next two or three years, we have a Alex Reyes. Yeah, we have a Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah, Trevor Rosenthal, the makeup, Logan, the velocity, Rosenthal. very similar to yeah. Ryan Helsley in terms of like his pitches. Now, I, I think I think Helsley's got a, an even more dynamic fastball, and I think his slider is better than what Rosenthal had. Do but we still, think the Cardinals is, are mad at him for how the season ended? Like, are, did they, he selfishly think of trying to keep himself on the mound and not say, "Hey, I'm having this issue out here." Uh, is that Ollie's fault? Is that his fault? I don't know. But like, 
where does that line up with possible where this stirs up? Did they have an issue postseason? Like, hey, you did not come forth with what we needed. It yeah. cost us. Was there some fallout there? You know, that would be my only thought there. Like, is there fallout because of how the season ended? Yeah, I'm not sure. What we do know is that if Mosaic has a falling out with you, odds are you're going to be gone pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. Because we've seen that with, uh, you know, several players and coaches, <laughs> including yeah, yeah. Mike Shield uh, mainly. Right. So I don't think that's the case. I know I knew when Ollie was at winter meetings, uh, he was on MLB Network one night, and, and they were asking him about the pitching, about the bullpen. He said, yeah, we need, you know, he talked about getting arms. And he specifically said, like, the more we can bridge the gap to get to Helsley in the ninth. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything there with that, but I don't, I don't hate the trade idea. Because if there's one thing the Cardinals have been pretty good at, I feel like the last five to eight years, is it's finding a closer within the organization. Right. Within their prospects. There's always someone next yeah, up, they've right? done it with Alex Reyes. They've done it with Carlos Martinez. Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks, and he could still be that guy. Look, yep. you, you've tried out now almost half a season with him starting. It did not work out. You can't. He's not. He's not a starter. It's not going to happen. BC, so, BC agrees with you. Yeah. So he. Look, very, you, got, you got a fan right there. Yeah. There we go. He. he <laughs> Jordan Hicks could very easily be your closer. Sure. I mean, I mean, he could. Yeah. Like now, the difference Absolutely. between him and Helsley is the walks. That that's always been did, Hicks' did you kryptonite. See, you saw the video of the 102 mile an hour center cut pitches all year and 102 or 102 or at more. least 102 or more. Yeah. Hicks and and Helsley were in that video a lot. Yeah. So if you don't know the video, is 102 miles an hour or more, middle middle. And I think the batting average was zero. I do. No, it. yeah, not one hit. Not one hit. Whenever it was hundred two plus, and it was middle middle. And Ryan Helsley and um, Jordan Hicks was all over that video. Yeah, and they had a lot of appearances it, in that. When you can throw that fast, it, it as long as you, you can, can make it, mistakes when you throw that hard. When you can keep it in the strike zone, it's better to be middle middle than it is wide, and you can get guys out. And it's proven that in that video clip. I, I don't remember who posted it. It may have been uh, it was pitching ninja. Okay, pitching ninja. Yeah. Or, our friend, uh, pitching ninja, um, Rob Friedman, I think is his name. Um, yeah. Because that video, like, I don't think most of them were even hits. Like, there were some, gr- I mean, like, hit barely any, ball. There were barely any foul ball. There were a few that were line outs. I'm like, that, yeah. that was impressive to me yeah, that there were, like, lot, line outs. There's lots of Ks and, like, r- easy, soft rollovers. Like, barely got bat on ball. Um, so that's, you know, a big part of it. Yeah, we've got some other questions coming in here. Uh, David Gardner asking about what about signing Swanson? Look, Dansby Swanson is still out there. We knew, I mean, you talked about this because it was reported. We were pretty confident nothing was going to happen with him at winter meetings because he had his wedding coming yep. up. That that just happened, I think, this Saturday. past weekend. Yeah, yeah so just past Saturday. So you got to assume he's on his honeymoon now. Yeah. So he's probably still not. Like, he's got, letting his agent ha- do the right. talks, probably giving him some text updates. But right. generally, you would. I don't think anything's going to happen with him. Probably till the end of this like, week. Like, how about at the, your wife? Your wife would be like, "Hey, uh, can oh, you focus be, over here?" She'd be super mad. Yeah, or but if it's a, for you know a few hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be a little different. I might, story. You might be able to step away and take a phone call <laughs> for that. But yeah, I mean, so we've talked about Swanson, uh, David. If you haven't listened to us before, we broke this down our, our last podcast. We've talked about this a lot, but um, I would say still, if the Cardinals are going to go after a shortstop, they should go after Carlos Correa. And he's the those are the two left. Yes, right? those, th- are the, those, those are the two left. The two good ones. I don't know. There might be other ones out there, yeah. but those are the two notable ones left. But based off of what Bogart's got and based off of what Trey Turner got, I it's pretty confident that Correa and Swanson are going to get a lot of money in a lot of years. So, so I don't think we're going to be in on either of those guys remotely. Let's talk briefly about that part of it, okay? So I put a poll out earlier today. Uh, let me find it real quick. 
if so, you we don't have to necessarily tell what the results are currently because it still has 19 hours left on the poll. So this is what I'll put out to you, and I'll put it up on our um, podcast part of it, so it'll be on Spotify and everything there that you can vote on this, as well as our Twitter is where it is currently. If the St. Louis Cardinals could just sign one or do one of these, which would you prefer? Trade for Tatis Jr. or sign Carlos Rodon for seven years, $210 million. Where do you sit with that? Right now this has 273 votes, which is a lot, a pretty good number uh, for vote-wise. Um, but where do you sit with, with, with that? Tatis Jr., I think he has about 11, 12 years left on his deal. I'm pulling up his contract At about $24 million a year. Or you sign Carlos Rodon for seven years, $30 million a year. It makes it 210 Like, I can go first if you're not ready for it. So, to me, I, I've, I've said this before and I say it again. I would much rather pay a guy that kind of money that plays every day. Like every day, give me the guy that plays every day and pay him that money and bring me all the offense I can get. I would much rather have offense, offense, offense instead of having a guy that pitches every five days making $30 million a year. Like that's, I, I feel like we can go and find pitchers all day. If we score 10 runs a game, then it doesn't matter if you don't have a number one yeah. pitcher. Ideally. And it worked for the most part last year, right? Right. Our, our pitcher, we, the Cardinals haven't had a strikeout pitcher. Aside from Flaherty, when Flaherty's right and Flaherty's Flaherty, right. they haven't had a strikeout pitcher in years. And right. it worked, for the most part, it worked fine last year. Why did we lose in the playoffs? Wasn't because of pitching. No. Wasn't because our pitchers didn't keep us in we, the game. Because we, we couldn't hit. Couldn't hit. Couldn't so get I'm, the big hit. I'm way more apt to keep on adding more offense than I am to sign a big guy. Now, I'm I'm all in for Colors Rodon. Like, I can I can break it down and make, make it make sense to you yeah. already. Like, well, why is this still relevant? Like, why can we still... People say, we're not going to sign him. And I've been on that boat, too. Like, we're never going to sign Carlos Rodon. But then today, I kind of really thought about it. The uh, Wilson Contreras deal is actually only paying $10 million in 2023. They got that backloaded. So They the, backloaded the, the deal. The other four years are 18-something yeah. a million a year, yeah. So if he's making 10... Wayno's okay. contract's deferred. Now, it still counts to the luxury tax, but sure. it's still deferred. Like We're he's not making... touching the luxury tax, so it doesn't yeah, matter, right? No. So let's say you can backload Rodon. So you pay him $17 million in 2023, and then you have zero pitchers on the well, one other pitcher on the books for the next few years, and that's uh, Matt's. So why not just be able to backload that? So you add $17 more million to the to the payroll for next year. You can afford Carlos Rodon if you want. But back oh, to yeah. the original question. Would you rather have Tatis Jr. and the rest of his remaining contract? We obviously don't know what it would cost to get him player-wise, prospect-wise, or major league talent, or sign Carlos Rodon to seven years. Two hundred and ten million dollars, and that's about what his uh, number is. They think about thirty-ish. Some think twenty-seven. Yeah, he's he's to seeking 32. at least two hundred. I mean, he's 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 wanting a seven-year, two hundred-plus yeah. deal, million deal. Right. So I I voted Rodon on this initially, and um, it's so tough with Rodon. Like like I was looking up some of his stuff today, and we talked about this. He's he when he is healthy, he's like elite, elite. Like really, really good, now, especially especially in um, his strikeout stuff, his swing and miss stuff. So I shared this earlier. Uh, these these last two seasons, twenty twenty two and twenty twenty one, he has had back to back seasons of twelve or more um, K per nine. Right, so which 12, is unbelievable. Yes, and just how unbelievable is that? I shared this earlier. MLB Network was talking about this today. 
consecutive seasons with 12, 12 or more K per nine MLB history. There's only been six players to do this consecutive seasons. So back to back. Randy Johnson, he did it five times, 97 through 2001. Chris Sale, those that three year period, 17, 2017 to 2019, when he was just fantastic for the White Sox, Red Sox. Max Scherzer, who we've talked about, probably one of the biggest Cardinal misses in team history in terms of who they should assign. 27 to 2019, Scherzer uh, did it three times. Rodon's on there two times the last two seasons. Garrett Cole's on there twice, 18 and 19. Justin Verlander's on there twice, 18 and 19. The point is, this guy is really, really good when he's healthy. Now, the big question mark is, are these last two seasons that we've seen of him on the mound who he's going to be moving forward for the next seven years? And that's the hardest That's the hardest thing about giving out a five-plus-year contract like this to an injury-prone pitcher is there's no you're rolling the dice. There's no way to know for sure. And what's interesting to me, let's say he gets seven years, two hundred ten million, right? Let's say let's say that's the deal he gets from the Yankees, whoever it is. You know who else also got seven years, two hundred ten million in twenty fifteen? Max Scherzer. And that is one of the, probably for 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 my for my money one of the best free agent contracts, free agent signings of a pitcher in MLB history, because Scherzer went out. That year that the Nationals signed him, he threw two no-hitters in yeah. one season. Then he goes on to win back-to-back Cy Youngs. I believe that was 17 and 18. Finished top five of Cy Youngs several several more years. Wins you the, Helps win you the World Series in 2019. That contract could not have worked out. And guess what? Both guys, Scherzer when he signed in 2015 and Rodon now signing in 2022, both were their age 30 when they signed these contracts. The biggest difference between the two is Scherzer never had crazy injury history, right? He's never had a bad injury history. So when the Nationals signed that seven-year deal, they had that in their pocket of, all right, this guy has always been a workhorse, he's always gotten outs, and he's always had a low ERA. We can count on him year in and year out to throw around 200 innings. Carlos Rodon has never thrown more than 178 innings, and he just did it this year in 2022. He's had a lot of injuries throughout his career. So that's what makes me nervous about right. giving him that. Now, if this was a couple of years ago when Scherzer was a free agent again, yeah, give him all that money for three or four years because I think he'd have been worth it. you got to think about it, though. Rodon just did a two-year prove-it deal with an opt-out. Yeah, and he opted out. With San Francisco. He bet on himself. He had a very good season. He, like, he had a two-year prove-it deal because he was coming off injury, right? So that's why it worries me as well because if, if that guy goes down, that's – Thirty million a year for seven years, and he's a pitcher, and he's not pitching. We've yeah. seen pitchers get hurt, which is going to happen. If he gets hurt and then he's bad, and then what do you have on your hands? You've got um, Patrick Corbin, right? Yeah, with a bad. huge deal. That yeah, like that's just unbelievable. And, and Patrick Corbin didn't even have injury history really. He was just fell bad, off. right? So what about? I mean, they won a World Series with him, right? So I mean, he got paid because of the World Series, pretty much. Oh, Corbin, yeah, yeah, he got an extension after that. Right. But what I want to say on Tatis and why I think now looking at it, I might lean a little more toward him. He's still got 12 years left on his extension. Yeah. Of that 14. 12 years, right? So I was right on that, right? So of 12 years yeah. at 24-ish? But, well, but so what's interesting with his, with his salary is this coming up season 2023, he's only making $7 million. 2024, he only makes $11 million. Wow. 2025... In 2026 is only 20 million. Then it jumps up to 25 million a year for 27 and 28. He doesn't start hitting 36 million a year 
until 2029. So his is very backloaded. Very. Very backloaded. But but what's crazy, I mean, even those last six years of his contract, you're paying him $36 million a year for his age 30 to 35 season. Yeah. That's does that's have, what we're paying Arenado have, right now. 30, does, we're gonna we're gonna be thirty five right. million a year. Does he have no trade on there? He has a full well, okay yeah. So he has a full no trade clause through twenty twenty eight. Now I don't want to. He's sound, got a ten team no trade list twenty 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 nine on. I gotta assume because if they want to unload him, because obviously there's discourse in that relationship. If they want to unload him, I would feel like maybe this is incorrect that the Cardinals would be an acceptable place because of his family history, right? Oh, his dad would love it, and they need a shortstop. And I mean, Edmund's great. I think he can play at shortstop yes. fine, but given the history of his family, yeah, I mean, there because could be a fit. his dad was mad that the Cardinals didn't take him initially. Yeah. Like, he wanted him to be a part of the Cardinals organization. So you would have to assume that his that the Cardinals— Now, obviously, we all don't listen to our fathers at our, at our age now, but, like, you would have to assume that that would be a conversation that was had that— would possibly be one of the teams that he'd be interested in. That he might waive his no trade for, Because people said he's not going anywhere, he's not going anywhere, but there's been reports this week that the Yankees are now interested in... They've kicked the tires. They've kicked the tires on that that possibility. So if they're kicking the tires, why aren't we kicking the tires? And, you know, that sort of thing, it makes sense to me. And I'm all about bats and hitting instead of pitching, even though I'm... Look, give me one of them, I'm happy. Because you're improving the team. But does it improve the team... I still feel we're bat short, and that's not because I feel like we need a, a shortstop, but there's a shortstop abundance of shortstops that have been out there that are There's still really good hitters out there. Right, and that's why that's why it makes sense is because he's, he's a good player. That also is can play a lot of places. You talked about Trey Turner making a lot of sense because he's a good ball player and can play in a lot of places. Fernando Tatis Jr. can play outfield, can play shortstop, he can play second base. He can they play. hope he can play outfield. Yeah, they, I was at a game this year where they had him in center field and he dropped a can of corn, pop fly. Was I there too? I don't know. I remember uh, what game was, that was. That was. Um, would, I don't, I we mean, had bases loaded with two yeah, outs. He I dropped a fly ball. Yeah. It was. I mean, but they put him out there. The point is, they they had him playing out there in a major league game. Yeah. That's more than Jordan Walker's done currently. Played in a major league oh, game yeah. in center field. Well, but, and it's his bat. You know what he can do with his bat and on the bases. Right. And don't give me this. I don't want him because he he took steroids. We signed Johnny freaking Peralta after he did steroids. Right. Like, I don't want to hear that. Like, he made a dumb choice. He made a dumb decision. Like, flat out. Yes, he was trying to get back on the field quicker. It was a dumb choice. I will die on this hill. The the things that the Astros have done is worse than what steroids has done to any any player it's more more consequential to actually taking games yeah from teams than steroids steroids you still have to be a pretty good hit you still have to have some uh contact ability barrel oh, up yeah. the ball you, you'll hit it harder maybe but you still have to be able to hit the baseball but but when you I know mean, what pitch is coming is a little different yeah but the tatis thing is interesting and, and even just and i didn't know that about his contract that really from 2020 you know 20 this coming up season till 2027 or 2026 he's not you know 7 7 million 11 million 20 million 20 million that's not that's not going to break your bank on the front end of Absolutely that's cheap. Yeah. That's really cheap. The next 3 years. And especially you look down the road, Goldie's contract's coming off. It's even, coming off. Even if you get him an extension because later it's not going to be I've what he's about making that now. Too, because when we talked about possibility Wayno's gone. Right. Possibility of signing Flaherty, I don't I think that ship has sailed, but the possibility of of signing Flaherty was like, "All right, when does the Goldie contract end, the big one?" Then you can be able to afford more contracts. Well, if he's only making him being Tatis Jr. making seven million and then like eleven million, like you just said, then that's when the Goldie contract falls off. You may re-sign him to a smaller deal, but the point is, there's room there 
to be able to take that on. I'm more intrigued by that now. I hope there's we're gonna like, someone on uh, Twitter or Facebook today tweeted at us said we're gonna be in a part of the Tatis rumors for the next ten years. So might as well go ahead and get it done now. Yeah, like it's just gonna keep on spiraling that. And I get it on the other end of people saying he's not going anywhere because it's the same kind of thing as Carlson's. Like, okay, well, are are you trading him like low, right? But if you're pro- if you're the Padres, you're probably trading him at the lowest point of his value. He just did steroids. Sure. He's had the injuries. Like, it doesn't make sense. But if they hate him, if they don't want him in his in their clubhouse, and he could he could very well be pissed at them. I mean, look what they just gave Xander Bogarts. Right. That's a lot of money to play his position. Sure. That but is also- that is telling Fernando Tatis Jr. Even when you come back. Which they've already they were already telling him this because they had thrown him in the outfield. So I'm like, we don't think you're good enough to play shortstop, and and that's then that's another that's another piece of this. If you're the Cardinals and you want him to play shortstop, you do have to look at it. the guy has made a lot of errors at shortstop. Sure. He's got a lot of bad throwing errors, but how dynamic his bat is, and if he could settle into the outfield, which given his athleticism, I mean, this is a guy since he's come up has not had an OPS plus lower than 154. <laughs> That is, is insane. Uh, that's yeah, that's the average OPS plus in the league is 100. Yes. Like anything above 100 is good. And he's at 154, which is very high. Has not slugged lower than 571. Yeah. I mean, like, get, and, BC, and, and, again, he's, he's, and he's 22. He's, tw- he's, he's 22. 22 years old. He's, he's Dylan Carlson's age. Dylan Carlson. He yeah. is. I mean, that's what people look. That's what kills me about Nolan Gorman hate. And Dylan Carlson, hate these dudes are 22 years old, and we're talking about why aren't they producing? It's rare. Juan Soto and and Tati Tati Jr. Jr. the only ones are, I can think of are, in the last decade that have done that. Right. It, Mike Trout didn't even do that when he came how up. How old is um, Rodriguez in uh, Seattle? Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez. I don't. He's pretty young, I think. But the point is, it doesn't happen that often. So to let these guys mature a little bit and become good ball players is not that far-fetched. And if you can get in young and keep Tatis for a long time, I'm all for it. But we might just be beating a drum because it doesn't make any sense. But BC agrees with us again. Tatis lengthens his lineup immensely. Are you kidding? Hell yeah, he lengthens his oh, yeah. lineup. If you can have that going, and then you still have Gorman as a DH, you have Edmund move over to second base, that is that is a strong lineup. And then you just hope and pray that you're able to get uh, anything from O'Neal. Because that yeah. just becomes less important and then less pressure, and you hope that just Dylan Carlson and O'Neill would then just be able to do not have to worry about as much. And that's the problem with our lineup is you're st- it's still hopes and if this works out. Right. Right? Like, I mean, look at the Padres. You've got Manny Machado. You've got Juan Soto. You've got Xander Bogarts. You've got – I mean, they've, they've got at least four guys. The Phillies now have, like, five guys, Schwarber, Harper, Hoskins – Turner, Cassiano, Real Muto is fantastic. <laughs> Cassiano's had a, a down year, but he yes. could very easily bounce back with a good offensive season. And the same, like Dodgers are still very good. The Mets still have four or five guys. It's like we've still only got three at the end of the day. Now, if Tyler O'Neill hits like he hit in 2021, there's your four. Right. But we thought he was going to do that this year, and he didn't. If Jordan Walker comes up and hits great, then that means that either Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, or Tyler O'Neill either got hurt or were not hitting. Like the only way that Walker comes up this year and is flourishing as a right fielder, as a left fielder, is if one of those three guys sucked it up or got injured. Yeah, I I, I was on the fence uh, going into the offseason saying that Jordan Walker is going to be on this roster out of spring training. I think it's his job to lose to get on the roster. I think he'll get every opportunity in the world to be on the roster, and I think he makes the roster out of spring training. I don't think he starts out of spring training. 
which I think may could be wrong. Like maybe you just put him out there and let him go in the right field and let him just live, right? But I, I think that he's just going to make the roster and you see what what happens. Um, but if if you lack somewhere, he's the guy that's going in. If someone's not hitting, it's got to be him. It's he's going to go in and he's going to get the opportunity. And but also like everyone wanted and we celebrated Nolan Gorman getting called up. If he doesn't play to this level that everyone thinks he's going to play to relax like he may be like the top five prospect in all of baseball but he may not be a stud right out of the gate like it might not happen that way and i and i think a lot of takes time absolutely i mean albert pools don't happen all the time juan soto doesn't happen all the time like it sometimes these guys just really have to play baseball in the majors for a couple years to find their way it takes time. I'm trying to look here. How many games so Nolan Gorman play last season with us? It wasn't it wasn't a ton. I, would I mean say he, he got sixty or seventy would be my guess, but I don't I don't know off the top of my head. He got a ride. Let me see here. I've got it pulled up. Um eighty nine games. Okay. More okay, 80, more than I thought. Eighty nine games. So half a season. Yeah, half a season. So I was just looking at like Trout, for example. But hold on. His first forty half games season, were terrible. Fourteen or fifteen home runs in half a season? Yeah. 14 or 15? Uh, 14 home runs. 14 home runs. And he had 16 in the minors last year. So he had 30 home runs combined. He struck out ex- pretty much what he's anticipated to strike out. He batted uh, pretty much expected what he was supposed to bat. And people, I don't know what people thought was going to be of Nolan Gorman. He had a 106 OPS plus. Well, yeah. He's he was a, 6% he's, over he's league average. Above average, above average hitter. And he was one of the best second base hitters in all of baseball. Because, I think what you saw of him this year will be the worst the worst, and it wasn't even a season because again right. he only he only got two hundred eighty three at bats. But it'll be the worst you see of him. Slug four twenty. He has to be able. They he's going to slug way more than four twenty. They have to year. let him go against lefties. They have to give him the opportunities, and that's why I've said I'm perfectly fine with with uh, dumping Donovan at his ceiling right now, and moving on and getting something else for that because I still think we lack a bat, whether that is a, another um, outfield bat or something. I don't know what even what's even out there available for trade, but my point is Donovan hit his ceiling probably last year, and I think the Cardinals like him, but there's a logjam of happening in DH, second base, infielders types of situations. That's not a people don't like that take, but I think that's wh- how you make sure you give Nolan Gorman as many bats as possible because Juan Yepes deserves a shot to DH as well. Like yeah. if, if you think about what the Cardinals haven't done, they could go and sign JD Martinez. To be their DH, yep, and that's would would not be bad, but Yepes and Gorman have probably earned the right to get a chance at those spots. Yeah, I mean, JD Martinez is, is a good player, but as we talked about, would you, Mo and this organization usually gives those guys a chance to be able to prove themselves before they move on or even sign someone else? People complain about the Yankees; they never give their young guys an ch- opportunity. They always sign some big name yeah. guy, and they never give the young guys an opportunity. I think the Cardinals are quite the opposite. I think they give the young guys a, a lot of leeway to give to get those opportunities. Yeah, and, they give them a long leash. Yeah. I think with and I'm okay with that now, based off what you've seen with the Rosarena and you know Adolis Garcia and guys that have left and had success. I think what they need to quit doing, and I'm glad that they didn't and they did it with O'Neill. I'm glad they didn't do it. Was give out this big, not even a big. I mean, they're still team friendly extensions, but they're like three, four, five year extensions. Well, when they bust, they overpaid. Yes, right. so like Paul DeYoung, Colton Wong to a lesser extent. I think Wong, for what he got paid, did pretty good on his extension. Sure. Like, we've had way worse than that. Absolutely. But 
how terrible would it look right now if they had given if they had given Tyler O'Neill after last season a three, four, five year extension? Right. That it, lot, it would not that look a lot great. of people on the radio were pushing for. A yeah. lot of people in a lot of different areas were now pushing. Now you're in a much better place with him. For a big, 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 big. But Juan Yepes is a guy we haven't talked about a lot, and honestly, I think is a guy legitimately that could be the one who replaces your production from what you got out of Albert last season. So we haven't really talked about that. Yepes, he had 12 home runs and 253 at bats. Right. Like he that's, he, he should sim- he should easily be able to be if you gave him the at bats a 25 to 30 home run guy. He had a one a 111 OPS plus. Well, that's very similar. This season to what wasn't you, bad at all. That's what you're saying. Similar to. Nolan Gorman's numbers, really. Like oh, you put yeah. Those two, it's on par, especially power wise. You put those two guys together, they pretty much had a, a thirty year a thirty home run season, uh, you know, twelve and fourteen, twenty six home run season. Yeah. And they both were above average in OPS plus. Like they combined as a good one player, right? Oh yeah. And I think that's why those guys gotta play over Donovan. Again, me personally, Donovan adds no pop. You already have Tommy Edmund who's gonna hit 10, 15 home runs, and that's fine. And that's kind of what you expect. And if you're lucky, he gets 20. But you know, and he's going to steal 40 bases. And he's he, going to hit. Yeah, he should steal 35. If, if 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 there's a season that he steals 35 plus bases, Tommy, which he hasn't yet. Yeah. It should be this year with the bases. The base size is being increased. Yeah. Here's my thing with Donovan, though, and I know we probably just saw his ceiling this season, especially in terms of how he just hit overall. But you can't deny a 394 on base percentage. And if there's one thing the Cardinals have lacked, and you can go back to 2016 when we signed Dexter Fowler. What were they saying about Dexter Fowler when they signed him? They weren't talking about his defense in the outfield. They were talking about, we need a leadoff hitter. Dexter Fowler can be our leadoff hitter. The Cardinals have needed a leadoff hitter. Donovan was pretty darn fantastic as our leadoff hitter the last two and a half months of the season. I mean, the guy's an on-base machine. I mean... He scored six. He scored sixty four runs, in three hundred ninety one at bats. One hundred twenty six games. He scored sixty four runs, and that wasn't even. He wasn't even you know leading off most of the season. That was the last month and a half or two that he was leading off. What I love about him, and I think you have to go into spring training if they don't get anyone else or they don't deal Donovan. It sounds like Mosaic really likes him. I think he's got to be penciled in as your leadoff hitter at the start of the season. Now, where does that mean where he plays? I don't know. Second, short. Third every once in a while, left field if O'Neill's hurt or you know whatever if somebody can't play out there or is not hitting. I mean, I think I think he can. You can pencil him in as your leadoff hitter I don't until think he, it'll happen until he proves that he can't do it. Now look, so we started this season. That's what that's what Marmol was doing. He was penciling in Edmund, right? And I think he's like Edmund's my leadoff guy, and Edmund, it wasn't working. I think Edmund will be your leadoff guy going into. We didn't see that. Wow. We didn't even see that in the playoffs. I don't, he was I, bad ninth. Yeah, I understand that, but I think you're gonna have depending on what happens from now to the beginning of the year, you're still going to have Edmund batting batting first, and I think Nolan Gorman's going to start at second base to start the year because, again, it's all about your prospects and who they are and what you expect them to be long-term versus right now. So you're going to give them the opportunity until they fail, until they lose the opportunity, right? Like that's how I see in the Cardinals, I think, are more likely to give Nolan Gorman chance after chance after chance. When I say that, he hasn't had that many chances yeah. in 89 games. But the point is, they think that he is their future and they're, they're, that's where he's going to come and play. Then he's going to get the opportunity straight out of the gate. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I, I how Mozeliak has talked up Donovan, how 
Is all that for trade bait? Yeah, and it could be, <laughs> but he, you know, he won the first utility goal glove. Sure. That's no slouch thing. Like the guy's got a good glove. Because there are rumors out there that whenever we were in the Murphy trade and Swanson signing, that then Edmund and Donovan were available for trade for a pitcher. Now that if would, we, yeah, if we got one of those shortstops, you're saying well, if we got if we got Murphy, then there'd be money to sign a a uh, free agent right. shortstop. So if they signed a Swanson, then they would be interested in looking at moving those two. So they were looking at all these um, all these angles. Um, I can't think of his name. Bob on he's a Nightingale. No, uh, in the Twitter world, um, Bob the Gambler guy. Oh, the, incarcerated uh, Bob. Uh, yeah, incarcerated Bob. There you go. Incarcerated Bob, he always he broke the Goldie stuff before. Some people, like uh, Kyle Reese, says he's not very, um, whatever I want to say. He's not. He's not as plugged in. He didn't have the sources that you think. Yeah, he doesn't have, but he's but he's called other things out. So the point is, he said that the, if the, the Cardinals were in on Swanson, and then other people came out and said that that was the case as well, but then that there was shopping Edmund and Donovan to connect those dots for a pitcher. One of them, it was available, yeah. whichever one a team wanted to take. Obviously, it did not go that way because they moved on from the, the Murphy sign, uh, trade and they went to the signing of Contreras. The point is that I think that some of this might be some posturing by Mo to be able to try and get one more piece. Mo has said, we have six starters, but I think if the right opportunity came, that they would still jump on that opportunity. You have to. If there's one thing I think that we're doing right now, is it's one thing to overvalue your top prospects in your farm system. Like, okay, I understand that. Dylan Carlson, top prospect in the system. Jordan Walker looks like a stud. Nolan Gorman, the power. You know, I, I understand overvaluing the top prospects. Tommy Edmond, Brandon Donovan, those guys were never top prospects in the system, ever. Like, th those are quite literally guys that, that – called up because you had a need at the time and they kind of blew past your expectations of what you even thought that they could do. They're the kind of those come out of nowhere type players. So I don't understand. I mean, even new bar new bar was starting to climb up the ranks of the prospect list. And I, I do buy into him. I think more maybe than Brandon Donovan for sure. Cause we just never heard the name, but I don't understand overvaluing Tommy and, and Brandon Donovan. Like what if you've already gotten their ceiling seasons? Absolutely, because again, they were never top. They were never in your top ten prospects. They were never supposed to. Like Tommy came out of the gate like a, a Bo Hart, yeah. Or you know, like all of a sudden he's just raking doubles, and he hasn't really slowed down. You know, he's had blips of not being able to do that, but like he also has had some really great months as well in, in the Cardinals organization. Um, he can be streaky, yeah, definitely. But he's also shown how great he can be as well, and obviously with his WAR as high as it was last year for his good defense. Uh, our good buddy. Fan of the show, Seth Teal asks, "Do y'all think we'll make any more moves?" They need to. <laughs> they. Need I mean, to. we just talked about this they as need to. as it stands today. Did the team get better offensively? I don't. I don't think they have at this point. You I haven't got. You haven't gotten worse. I think they it's have, a push. They've improved a position. Yeah, they've improved a position. You I, went and got a need. You needed a catcher. Yes, they improved it defensively and they improved it offensively. Do you have other places that you can improve? Yes. Do I think they'll do something else? I think they'll either, and I've sold myself that the that Rodon is a real possibility, 
because of the money. Man, I don't know. Because of I the just, money. Because of money and what needs to happen in the in in the I future. I just don't see them. Two hundred million is and whatever. It's the seven years that I just don't see with them. Yeah, they've only given out one seven year or more contract right. in in Mo's tenure, and that was Matt Holiday. Right, and that was for a hitter who again no injury history. It, it's a lot more risk signing a pitcher at that at that type of deal when they've had an injury history. And this is why it makes me part of it makes me so furious. It's like <laughs> it's like I'll, I would be happy if we got Rodon. I'm not going to complain if we go get him. But then, like two or three years from now, if he's injured again, I'm going to be mad, and all I'm going to be thinking is, you gave him 200 million, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't even Scherzer. talk. You didn't even talk to Max Scherzer. Yeah. You didn't even try to get a meeting with a guy who is doing a that now. Missouri St. Louis guy. Maybe they're doing that because of that. That with Scherzer. Maybe, maybe they're, maybe but you're they're probably about... doing it with the wrong guy. Oh, I, mean, I get Rod- it. Rodon's never pitched more than 180 innings in a season. Like that's where we're at at the end of the day. He hasn't. Like he hasn't done that. And he's had so, injury, he's had injury. Let me get this straight. You did the poll and you clicked Carlos Rodon, but you're talking yourself I, look, way out of this Carlos Rodon. I just did my. I went off my first instinct. Yeah. I didn't overthink it. <laughs> and then now you're going way. Well, well, now you've backtracked to. Don't you dare it's give tough him this because money. He, he's he's by far the best pitcher left on the market. Absolutely. And, and, and that's another that's he's another like problem. The only with this. one left, right? If the Yankees really want him, he can run up the price. There's no one else. Chris Bassett's gone. Supposedly like, he wants to be a Yankee, right? Yeah, all Isn't these guys the are gone. And I just don't. We've never won bidding wars. Someone mentioned no. someone actually in our comments earlier mentioned David Price. Uh, you know, we were in on David Price and it didn't happen because the Red Sox outbid us. Now that sure. would have been a guy I could see us going to that money with because again, David Price But how did that work out? It didn't work out great for the Red Sox. <laughs> no. It didn't. But but was a guy how at that often point does pitchers work out like that. Yeah. It Scherzer. Not not seven not more than five years. No, how, for sure. But other than Scherzer deals. Strasburg extension has been terrible for the Nationals. You know he, he was good in his obviously his younger years, and they won a World Series though. That's has something to say about it. Oh too, yeah, you know what I mean. He like, won. He won the MVP. I believe he was the World Series MVP, wasn't he? I don't remember to be I honest. I think Strasburg I tried to, was. I tried to block out 2019 yeah, after. Pretty sure he was. Yes, but the point is like those guys. Some of those guys got contracts because of what they did. Yeah. Previously, and I get that. And you know you you won a World Series, and you never you never know when that can happen again. So you. You pay the guys that did that for you. Yeah. But, I mean, there are some guys that, you know, Scherzer's deals have worked out. Yes, but who else? Zach Greinke's deals, I would say, for the majority of his career, besides maybe the last couple, yeah, have, have worked out. Um, Justin Verlander. Yes. Has been great. Even yeah. coming off. So there are some of the – I think there are some of those guys, again, my, my – what I'm looking for in five-plus more year deals is guys who've been elite – who've maintained their velocity and haven't had injury history. So the guys we just talked about, Max Scherzer, uh, Zach Greinke, uh, Justin Verlander, guys like that, meet those three criteria. Now, Greinke now has has lost his velocity. But he's also... <laughs> he's he's, he's more finesse. He's elderly now. Too. Yeah, he's a lot older. But but he's he's the, he's the kind of... He's more like Wayno. You know, he had some of that velocity earlier on in his career. He just learned how to pitch. He had better breaking stuff. But So I'll go it, back to Seth Teal. Do we think there'll be any more moves? I think if there are, it will be a trade. Michael here, uh, Michael Irwin just posted. From Facebook. Yeah, and then you'll, 
Then you wait till next year and get Shane Bieber. That's somebody I've heard mention. I've seen him. Is he a free agent after the end of 2023? Um, because you got to think, if they don't think them being the Guardians, I almost called them the Indians. If, you better not do that. Yeah. You'll get canceled. If, if you got to think the Guardians, if they know he's not going to resign, they will move him this year if he's a free agent in 2023, after 2023, which I don't know the answer to. Maybe if uh, – Mr. Uh, Michael Irwin knows that answer. He can respond, but and you're going to look it up too. But like, if you got to assume he's going to get moved if they don't think he's going to resign. And I don't, I don't expect the Guardians to spend a bunch of money and, and resign him. I don't think, right? No, that's not typically their mo. I mean, look what happened with Fran- Francisco Lindor, right? I mean, they thought right. that was going to be a franchise player. Uh, pulling up Spo Track here on him. Yeah, he is arbitration eligible 2023, so he's estimated to make around 11 to 12 million in arbitration this year. Uh 2024 is what it looks like. He's arbitration eligible, eligible. so he is a two unrestricted years. free agent after the 2024 season. So he still has it two years. Two more. Yes. He's he's only 28. So you can't go get him next year. You could trade for him, I guess. But that that might be something that happens in the next offseason. Or maybe at the deadline. Or deadline maybe, this year. Maybe if the Indians are just looking awful, they Indians, offer. Guardians. Guardians. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Guardians. My bad. I apologize to Cleveland. everyone. Cleveland. If the Guardians, you know, aren't looking great and these moves that they've made don't work out, and they start, you know. They have a very low payroll this past year. Oh, yeah. This past year. They're not, I don't. I mean, they have room to do it. Ramirez if they is like their only big. You know, their only big guy they've got salary-wise. All right. Uh, Ron jumps in here. No more signings. The season starts tomorrow. Where are we at? We win the division still. Yeah. I mean, that's – look, as people don't want to hear this, and I, and, and I am a businessman myself, so to think of Cardinals in business way, I do a lot. And the Cardinals' MO, no pun intended for Mo, but MO is to be competitive, win the division, and get hot at the right time. That's how they won the 06 World Series. That's how they won the 2011 World Series. That's the hope. 2004 was a really stacked team. They made it to the World Series, we all know this, and didn't win. Met the team of destiny in the Red Sox. Right. So the the point is, the Cardinals' goals will be, and people will tell, keep on shouting this from the rooftops, is that it's not going to work anymore. But uh, 2013, you had the best offense. Yes, 2013. Especially with runners in scoring position that year. Right. You didn't. And and so... What you don't want to hear is the Cardinals are going to put together a team they think that can win the division, and that's all they really care about. And I can't fault them for that because how many World Series has the Yankees won for throwing all this money out in the last 20 years? Oh, well, I saw a tweet earlier today. What, over the last decade, they haven't even won. They won in 09. So they've won but they won. But they haven't even won a pennant in the last decade. Right. So yeah. they won in 09, right? We're so close to being on that list. We are. As well. We are. But the point is, the Yankees spent a lot of money. Yeah. The Dodgers spent a lot of money. How many World Series have the Dodgers won in the last 20 years? One. So the point is, you can throw a lot of money at it and it not pay off. And Mosaic has said that. He said that He said that this offseason, I'm pretty sure. Just because you sign these really good players and, and you sign You go deals, all in, so to, say, so, it, so to speak. This is baseball. This isn't NBA or... You know, this isn't where you can sign one big player and it changes everything. Right. It, it can make you more competitive, but just because you go and sign Carlos Rodon tomorrow does not make this team ready to win a World Series. It could. They might get hot at the right time and win a World Series. The Philadelphia Phillies 
were the last team in, I do believe, to get yeah. in the playoffs. Coach was fired a couple months before. Yes, they were not good. And then they knew they had an, uh, a lineup that was pretty decent, and it got hot at the right time. It carried them all the way, but they, they ran into a really good team in, in the Astros. So the Pit- point is— beat the pitching. The point is, like, Mo—I mean, the DeWitts are there to run a business and to make money. To sign $50 more million in a season right now— do they make $50 more million because they signed $50 more million? The odds are probably not. Now, if you go to the World Series and you host all those games, yeah, then you can get to that $50 million back. But if you just go and do what you've done before, you're not making that $50 million. They made the best investment last year in $2.5 million in Albert Pools. They got that money back probably the second day whenever he was signed to get ticket sales. Oh, yeah. So, like, this is a business for the for these guys. I mean— Majority of the owners, that's what it is. Right. Except and, for Steve Cohen. Right. And Steve Cohen's having fun with it and he's gonna yeah. he's gonna crush four hundred million dollars with the luxury. Blow tax. past it, yeah. And that's because he wants to win. But there's still probably a second or third place team in that division. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like just because you throw the money at it doesn't mean you're gonna win. So back to Ron's question. No more signs. The season starts tomorrow. Where are we at? They win the division. They I do, hope to make the NLCS. Yes. Right? And, and and look, I will I will still say even at this point. And we and we we blew past them later in the season this year, mainly because of an insane, what was it, June or no, it was July or August that we had just a crazy good month. Yeah, the Brewers at this point, I think, are still going to be like fairly competitive with yes. us. Yes, like you look at their roster, their rotation that's been great for them is still in place. For now, um, for now, there's for, rumors. For now, rumors that they're and I do think the move. trade deadline is going to be big for them they might not deal off. i don't think they're going to deal off like woodruff or any any starters this this offseason but if they're really struggling come the trade deadline they could just start blowing it all up because at the end of the day when they traded hater whether you you, know, you can talk about his numbers and how they were with the padres and then all of a sudden he flipped the switch back on again it was great in the playoffs right. but either way it kind of threw off their bullpen their bullpen i don't think has gotten drastically better although it hasn't changed a whole lot uh now i would have said a month ago well, they just lost their catcher. They lost Omar Navarez, or Narvaez, however you say his name. He's a pretty good hitter for them. They lost... Um, Colton Wong. They, they lost Colton... Well, they traded Colton Wong. They lost, yeah. So so the interesting thing with Colton Wong, so they lost Colton Wong, but they got a replacement for him in Jesse Winker, who's really, like, at this point, if they keep him, is really repra- replacing... Um, who's the Mike Kraut lookalike? He was the power hitter they had, outfielder. I think he just signed with the Yank- with the uh, Angels, actually. Um, is Hunter Renfro still? On yes, team? Renfro. That that's something. Have you looked at his and Trout's picture? About no. they could they could be they look like they they're brothers. <laughs> it's crazy weird. He looks like maybe a, a slightly older version of Trout, uh, and I think he actually signed with the Angels. So they're going to be in the outfield together, which is funny. But he was their best. He was their power hitter last year. He was their best hitter. Uh, Winker could be a power hitter like that for them, and then so. But you they know, think that the, he's going to be flipped, is what I yeah, read too. That's what it's looking like. So all that to say, it looks like they they've gotten worse offensively. Is, is what I would have said. Now they've gotten William Contreras, who's definitely going to help them. He, he's he's not going to be bad at all. But I still don't think that if we if we would just start a season off for once hot in April or May. <laughs> Yeah, and just kind of bury them into the trade deadline. Then they'll start. I they'll, really think they'll, they'll start trading some of that starting. They pitching. will. And then Ron throws in here at the as well. We failed in October because of our offense disappears. The whole lineup, yeah. right? And that's and so yeah. hey, um, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. The hitting coach is gone. Um, Jeff oh, Albert. Jeff Albert. Jeff yeah. Albert's gone. Ron, the, the, the we're we're fixed. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. 
It's it's done. Matt That's Holiday it. is the bench coach, and he's there now. He's going to be working out. He worked out with Bellinger. Or, uh, yeah, Corey Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. Cody yeah, I Bellinger. saw that. Yeah. So I I hope that he didn't help him too much before yeah, he signed with the, he's Cubs. the Cubs. But like he helped get Matt. Hopefully he gave back. him bad advice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And his swing didn't look much better. It looked still long and loopy whenever I saw the videos. But <laughs> the point is, Matt Holiday's there. Jeff Albert's not. Um, you know, I think you can't. We can't go cold every single time. But I, it is worrisome. I think Goldschmidt going cold in those colder months, the non-hot months, is worrisome. Yeah. So if you lengthen this lineup, Ron, you get somebody else and you put them in there. I think it really helps that lineup to not put the pressure on these guys. And hopefully, here's my whole contention that it's been with Jeff Albert is hopefully that now Matt Holiday is there, someone can help someone get back on track. In the event that someone starts to have an issue, then we can say, we can say the Cardinals can say, Matt Holiday can say, the new hitting coach can say, this is what you're doing wrong, let's look at it and let's change it. You've got players, I say players, it's, it's really it's Matt Holiday as a bench coach, but I do think he's going to have his hands in the Absolutely. hitting stuff. Because you've got a guy now, kind of like you had in Skip, who has been has had to be the guy to an extent or at least you know protecting albert that's part of why we got holiday has been in those slumps has gone through those those things and no offense to skip he's never been matt holiday oh no no he's never been asked to carry that kind of way the offense was was a great utility guy um you know kind of like brendan donovan honestly except he couldn't play everywhere um but yeah you've got that guy now in holiday that hopefully hopefully fixes that and they get a good mix of the analytics and everything um, but yeah, I mean, you look at these last four or five seasons of, you know, no playoff success or getting bounced in the first round. It has been because of the offense It's been because of the offense. Now, th- I think there's a little bit of an outlier there in the COVID season. I don't know if you remember 2020, uh, when we faced the Padres first round, we won, yes. won the first game. I think that was a close game. Second game, we were winning like six to two or six to one going into the fifth, sixth inning. And the bullpen just like imploded. That was that game. We wound up losing like 12 to nine. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I think we lost uh, the third game pretty easily. We didn't, didn't hit as well, but usually it's, yeah, usually it's based around like the offense just kind of disappearing. And it doesn't help when you're two best hitters, like Arenado disappeared for the last three or four weeks. Goldschmidt disappeared for, for a month and a half. Yeah, I mean the end of, the end of August, really on. Like it would be, you can't assume that's going to happen again. But hope you have to have something there to back it up. Like we, like Ron has said, like as Michael has said, there's other guys who have said in our chat all night. Is what happens? Are we any better? What happens tomorrow if this is the team? This team is not any better, but it can still get hot and be really, really good. Right? I mean, that's yeah. what it comes down to. And I do I do think a wild card of the pitching staff is going to be, do you finally get a fully healthy Jack Flaherty for a season, and does he go back to mainly what he was in 20, what was that, 2019, when he was just fantastic? Right. Uh, if you Braves, have that, that run to the NLCS, yes. I mean, that's a, that's a big part of it. If you have that, and Michaelis does what he did last year, and Wayno hopefully is over his dead arm, like the rotation could be a lot worse. Like, we've had worse rotations than, I think, what we could have going into this season. We we just have before. Right. Like, we've had way worse rotations. So, but it's all, it's just all kind of on hope. We have someone and from, on ifs. from YouTube. Hi, Barbie. 
look, we just got fans everywhere just popping oh, from YouTube. We have Hello, like, thanks for joining us. We're trending towards a good amount of uh, subscribers on YouTube. Nice. YouTube is just kind of our home to let stuff just sit there. Like it's like you, where you can always go back and, and watch it again. Or obviously find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Anchor and all those different places. But all the video is always on YouTube as well. So we're, we're gaining some subscribers there as well. We're also now on TikTok. We're also now on Instagram. We don't really have much going on there, but I'm pushing things out there to grow a following. Once we get to 1,000 followers on TikTok, we can go live there. Once we get to like oh, we so go. much that so many followers on Instagram, we can go live there as well. And we can keep on pushing this live feed stuff. I prefer live in interaction more than just recording something and then having it available as a as a podcast stream later. Now we put this up on podcast for everyone to listen to at a different time, but I really enjoy just being able to have you know. There's dozens. I mean, my whole side of my screen is full of comments. And when we started this over a year ago, we're over <laughs> over a year in now. Yeah, we started this what a year and a month or there, so. There was no comments. There was no, no there was no interaction. So like to be able to do this live, it's um, a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun and to be able to have people jump in and, and say stuff and have questions. So now I'm gonna talk about uh, Twitter. That was sorry. I'm trying to think of it. Cards on Twitter, right? Is that what it is? There's uh, I want to plug this for yeah, cards on Twitter is what it's called. I want to plug that for. I want to pull everything up properly. Cardinal seventy, so Cardinal seventy on, on Twitter. It's uh, at c seventy is his Twitter handle. He has um, a podcast at Meet Me at Mutual. If you've heard of that one, um, he also has blogs, all kinds of different stuff as well. But you can find on Cardinal Cards on Clay Cards. Sorry, Cards on Clave. Cards on Clave. You can be able to see that, and you can be able to um, every year he does a ranking of the best Twitter followers in the Cardinals world. Twitterverse. Twitterverse, right? Top cards on Twitter, he calls it. Yeah, top cards on Twitter. We came in this year from zero last year. We were not on it because we were non-existent last year. We came in at um, 67. Yes. 67, which I take that as a a shot. Personally, (laughs) I think that we should be ahead of uh, Gino for one, Crash, former Crash. Now he's Bonds, Bond Sports, whatever he is now. Crash, Gino, we should be ahead of him. Okay, he where's is Gino on this show right now? No, Gino could be, he, <laughs> but he's not. He doesn't jump in. He does. He's not. He has a face for radio. I think is what he said. But the point is, the way that we would be able to go up that list is to be able to get votes. So it's our fault for not putting it out there enough. I don't remember seeing the votes. There was like two hundred and thirty. 200 and some odd amount of uh, people that were voted on. We came in 67th. We appreciate everyone that put us on their ballots. But yeah. next year, we're gonna, we want to climb up that list. We want to go even further. So whatever we need to do to get you guys excited about this podcast, we've given away jerseys. We've given away T-shirts from uh, Breaking Tea. We've given away jerseys from Jersey Flock. Um, we also have a partnership with Lids right now as well, and you can be able to find all those links on our, um, on our link tree. That's on all of our social medias. Uh, Twitter is where we're most active, but you can find us there and click our link tree. Everywhere else in our um, bios, everything has that link tree to be able to find all of our connections, to be able to find us everywhere that you can find us. Point is, Cardinal70, I don't even know his name. I'm, I apologize. Daniel. Daniel. Daniel we helps met, out with the, all the, blo- the Blogger Day stuff. Blogger Day. We, we, met, yeah, we, we met Daniel at, Great guy. Uh, at the Blogger Day at the stadium. It's some point, some point system in the voting with that. Yes. It's not based off like followers or anything. No, because I was, in, I mean, 
I mean, look, this is like top 167th. We didn't exist a year ago. You know, I mean, there's there's a even the guys, some of the guys below us I've seen on Twitter a long time. Many of them have more followers than us. So it's not anything based on your follower account. And you're going to see the top guys are going to be top people are going to be Katie Wu. It's going to be yeah, well, Derek Gould. It's going to be. I think there's. Um, engagement factor in it, right? Sure, like absolutely. Cardinals GIFs is way up there because right. he's he's a popular follow. People engage with him a lot, so that's what we want to be. I mean, right? Absolutely. We want to be a podcast that is providing great content for you guys. Um, and Augie's going to be way up there. Yeah, Augie's great. His stuff is fantastic. If you're not following him, but like Peoria um, Chiefs came in at 32, right? That's fine to me. Like we can be beaten by the Peoria Chiefs. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Gino uh, Bonds Sports came in at 29. Uh, John Didden, who writes on the Cardinals beat, right? Yeah, is came in at twenty seventh. Um, Rob Raines, Brian Walton, those guys are in the top forty. Those are you know reporters that write as well. The Ryan Shaw, who we we always interact with, he came in at forty five. The point is, there are a lot of good. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. I expect us better than sixty seven. So I want a riot, is what I said today. <laughs> I was like there to be a riot, and I need us to be higher next year. Now Kyle Reese will be high on this list as well. Kyle doesn't even want to be on this list whatsoever. He always says, but. We appreciate anyone that put us on there. There was plenty of people that put us on that list that that rated us or however it is. We really appreciate that. Number 67 in Cardinals Twitter, that's that's fine, but I want to be better. We'll just keep on moving <laughs> up. I think we hit a lot of high points here. I was kind of hoping we'd get some like news while we were on here. Maybe Carlos Rodon would sign somewhere and we get to talk about it, but that hasn't happened yet. So no. he's probably, you know, um, is Boris his agent? I'm pretty I'm sure, sure he is. I would be surprised if he isn't. You know, I mean, I think it was John Heyman tweeted today or, or yesterday that uh, we are the surprise team, the mystery team, so to say, which I guess is, a, and he even said it's not so much of a mystery that people are saying that it's the Cardinals that could be in on Rodon. How there many, is something how new, many sorry. times have we been a mystery team? Always. I think that's because just, we never talk about it. Mosaic's never going to talk about Because they, ne- they don't have a leak. Yeah, and then these all agents sudden, use us. Every, so somehow yeah. we get a Cardinals leak today. That's why I think it's. So it's they're probably just using, you know, us as a mystery team to pump the Yankees up more and just Absolutely. give Rodon more money. There is something from BR Walkoff. Uh, I don't know what BR Walkoff is. It's a bleacher. It's Bleacher a part of Bleacher Report's part of Bleacher baseball Report. side, yeah. Show, Mets showing interest in Carlos Carrera. Yeah, I just got that alert as well. Uh, he would likely play third base for the Mets. That's according to uh, BR, uh, BR Walkoff, but also Ken Rosenthal, Dan Hayes, and someone else uh, so, has that as well. Andy McCullough has I that as well. I meant to send to you today. I saw a screenshot somebody had posted. <clears throat> They'd gone through uh, Steve Cohen's likes mm-hmm. on his Twitter page. Yeah. And I think a day or two ago, he liked a tweet from a fan that essentially said, and I'm paraphrasing, but essentially said, you know, all these owners are mad right now how much Steve's, you know, spent. Watch how much they rage when he goes out and gets Carlos Correa, too. And, yeah. and Steve Cohen liked that tweet. So there's probably, maybe there's some some fire with that smoke there. We'll see. The only other things we didn't talk about tonight that maybe we just give a quick uh, point out to, and it's not surprising, but... The Cardinals did announce today uh, minor league players of the years, co-players of the year this year. You had Jordan Walker, which is no surprise to anybody. He had a fantastic season uh, in double A. And then outfielder Moises Gomez, who we haven't talked a whole whole lot about. Maybe we'll get Kyle Reese on, a friend of the show, hopefully in in next month or so when he does his uh, dirty flirty or his top prospect rankings. But those two were co-player of the year, of course, Moises Gomez uh, broke the Cardinals' minor league record for most home runs in a season with 39. 
between Memphis and Springfield. And then Jordan Walker, you know, all he did as a 19, 20-year-old was hit 19 home runs, 31 doubles, scored 100 runs, stole 22 bases, 388 OBP, slugged over 500, you know, all the things you could hope and want from your top prospect. So those are your two uh, minor league co-players of the year. And then Gordon Graceffo, who continues to move up our top prospect rankings, he was the minor league pitcher of the year. His first full professional season, 22 years old, he, he uh, had a 2.97 ERA, a 0.94 WHIP, which is great. 139 strikeouts in 139.1 innings, so, 26 starts at Springfield. Here's so. the part where we talk about prospects versus players. Yes. Do you like hoarding prospects, or do you like to trade them off? I'm gonna sneeze, so you talk. <laughs> I think. Um, I definitely don't like hoarding them. Again, I think there are some of these fringe prospects or guys that maybe are right outside the top 10 that we tend to hold on to too long. Now, as I'm saying that, there's going to be people that are going to be like, well, what about Sandy Alcantara, who I'm pretty sure was a guy who was either right, just barely inside our top 10, or wasn't even in it at the time that we traded him. It's like, obviously, he's like, <laughs> he's one of the exceptions to that that we actually traded and turned out amazing. Zach Galen, I think, is the same way. He was, I don't think he was a big one inside the top 10. But uh, for think, the most part, though, I think when we've traded some of these guys, they've turned out. It's worked out really well for us. Yeah. Because like Luke Weaver at one time was inside our top 10. Yeah. Carson Kelly was like our number two or three prospect at the time that we traded him to, to the Diamondbacks. I go back to um, Brett Wallace. Yeah, for Matt Holiday. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of other guys, but. Like there was like Colby I thought, Rasmus, Colby Rasmus. I thought the Brett Wallace one was going to, I mean that goes back some years. But I thought that he was, was a lot like Colby. He was he was hitting bombs. He was tearing it up. I thought minors. that was going to be the biggest mistakes of giving up a guy there was. Like I thought that was going to yeah. be a terrible move. I really did, and that just shows you like these guys don't always pan out. But we go back to the business part. The Dewitts run this as a business, as a place to make money. And their their philosophy is to have prospects come up and play to be cheap alternatives to be able to sign a guy in free agency. Cost control guys will always play in the Cardinals major league system because they will have those corner guys, Arnado types, goalie types, but they will still have the guys pre arb arbitration guys that will keep the cost low to give them an opportunity and hopefully catch fire somewhere and find the next big guy. And that's what the Cardinals do. People don't like to hear that. People don't like to, to think about that, but that's who the Cardinals are, and I don't think the Card that's going to change unless Bill DeWitt either sells the team or Bill DeWitt III takes over the team and changes philosophies going forward. Yeah, it's not. Unless we get an owner like Cohen that tells Moselak or whoever the, the GM is, go out. Do what it takes to get, you know, I want you to, I'm ready to spend money. Pocketbook's open. Right. You know, unless that happens, it's not going to change. Look, if we, if we didn't trade our prospects for Juan Soto, they're not going to do it for anybody. I mean, we've talked about that. They're not going to do it for anybody. If there was one guy that it made sense for them to do it for, who wasn't just a one-year rental, I mean, you had him for two, Some two and a half. Yeah. yeah. It was him. And it didn't happen. So I'm, I'm convinced that it's never going to happen, honestly. Not not like a big like us trading a bunch of prospects in a package for somebody. Well, it's you got to think also right now that these prospects are, are. This is a different time. I know we're going a little long from where we wanted it to be, but the prospects that the Cardinals have now 
are considerably better than they've had in the last 10 years for sure. Yeah, I was going to say 15 years, right? Yeah, pr- yeah like, probably. One through six are all in the top 100. Seven through uh, 10 ish, maybe even more, are cu- on the cusp of top 100. Graceffo would be in there as well. Yeah. Like, this is a different group of important prospects. When we talk about the guys that we from yesteryear that didn't turn out be, and they were prospects, they weren't these huge prospects. Like Jordan Walker is literally a top five prospect in MLB. That's the difference. That's what it's all about is because these Herald prospects are very high in the Cardinals organization, but also in the MLB. So that's the difference right now is why we are less likely to let go of them. If, yeah. we're, if we're talking about if the, the A's came to the Cardinals and said, let's trade three of those guys on that list that I have, like that I've shown before, that I tweeted out or put out of Yvonne Herrera, um, Gordon Graceffo. I don't have it handy. Maybe I do. You're talking about our top 100? Yeah, pro- here we go. No, Yvonne uh, Herrera, Michael McGreevy, Jonathan Mejia, uh, Joshua Baez, Bryson Mott, Inhoen Pagina, Pete Hansen. I'm probably just destroying their names. But the point yeah. is Max Rajic. Alec Willis, Austin Love, Leonardo Bennell. How many of those guys have you heard of? Deanis Rodriguez. How yeah. many of those guys have you heard of? No. That's from our 7 to 19. The yeah. point is, three of those guys went, is who the A's got. Would you give up three of those guys for any top position player right now? Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. That's the difference. But would you give up Walker and Wynn? No. No. That's the difference. It's because we the have... The ceilings are. The ceiling is and so much and higher. And they're more valued, you know... Walker is a top prospect for us. Obviously, is more value than the Braves. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about with the top prospect rankings. So we've got we've got six of those right now. Mm-hmm. But that's from the final rankings of 2022. So sometime I think maybe around February, early March, they'll do the like they'll update the prospect rankings for yes. 2023. And it would not be surprising if we have seven or eight because well, we've got Walker there, who's uh-huh. was number six overall. MLB top 100. Okay, I said top five, so top six. Sorry, he he was six. He he's he might. With some of these guys that have been traded and graduate, he could very easily he'll be in the top five. He's going to be in the top five when they do the new rankings this year. We had uh, let's see here, Mason Wims fifty one. He'll probably climb up further. Right. Um, Gordon Graceffo was seventy nine. Given the season he just had, he'll probably climb up further. Matthew Libertor was eighty. He might dip a little bit. It'll be around the same. Yeah. Alec Burleson was 88. Tink Hintz is 91. Everything I read about Tink Hintz, he's going he's gonna to climb like up him. further. They like him a lot. Yeah. And so, I mean, there, there's – I mean, it's just like you said. We're, we're at a point – I don't know that we've ever been with our farm system in terms of the talent. It's we been a long time. It has been. You got Cooper Jerpy, Michael McGreevy, some of those 7, 8, 9, 10 guys, guys like that that are going to just keep moving up those prospect rankings, MLB.com's top 100. And so, I mean, it seems like the, the farm system's really in the best place that, that it's been in, like you said, in 10 or 15 years. And that's a good place to be. It's going to be interesting to see if they even want to try to trade from some of that depth coming up here soon. But, yeah, that's about all I got, man. We went a little bit longer than I expected, but we, we went through some good stuff here, I think. Yeah, uh, appreciate everybody that listened tonight. Um, you can always follow our, uh, us on That's a Winner Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Jinx3086. You can see it on my screen there. And, Josh, where's your Twitter handle? 
at jbrown116. You can always follow us there, but obviously we're in, we're active mostly on Twitter at That's a Winner Pod. Shout out to all of our sponsors, Jersey Flock, Lids.com, and Breaking Tea. Breaking Tea has some new stuff with uh, Will Contreras. Uh, they have two new shirts out. Check them out. Find all of our links at our link tree uh, on any of our bios. We appreciate everyone listening tonight, and this has been That's a Winner Podcast. From the belt to the plate, a swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Smith corks one into right down the line! It may go! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game by the score of 3-2 on a home run by the Wizard!